Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. I'm Arlene Bynum for Alex Pearson and Andrew Shear taking to the stage in a major speech to delegates at the Conservative Party convention in Halifax. I'm sure he had one speech and maybe he tossed it in the garbage and came up with another. He had to show strength. He had to show unity and he had to reference a little bit what had happened from the blow of Maxime Bernier. And I'm talking about the real Liberal Party. The tax-hiking, rule-breaking, perk-loving, deficit-spending, debt-mounting, virtue-signaling Liberals Canadians have come to know and despise. There he is, on topic, attacking the Liberals, which is what they were supposed to be doing in Halifax. But something happened. It is counterpoint time. Anthony Fury joining us, son Postmedia columnist, national comment editor, Anthony, welcome. How are you? Hey, Arlene, I'm great. How are you doing? I am good. Bob Richardson is going to join us momentarily. Anthony, you and I have not talked since the blast from space of Maxime Bernier. What do you make of where the conservatives are right now? Well, they're a year away from an election where anything is possible, and that anything includes... Justin Trudeau winning another majority term, come hell or high water, really taking on all comers. It includes Andrew Scheer really, I, I think, finding finding his voice and finding who he is, and, and, and more on that uh, perhaps later, because I think he's got mm-hmm. more to go. And, and it does, it, it does leave open the possibility that Maxime Bernier will field a, a sizable crop of candidates like the Reform Party did in 1990. So you think so? So you think so? So you think, Anthony, you think that Maxime Bernier has got some support here because it wasn't visible? Well, I mean, hang on. He's putting out this all call to to Mm. just Canadians out there. He started a website immediately that says, you know, this is the Mad Max Club. Please join it to be a part of this movement. Now, Mm -hmm. I I joined it not because I'm joining the movement, but because I want to get the emails to pay attention to what Max is doing. And 30 minutes after I joined that, Arlene, he sent out a note saying, thanks so much, everybody who's joined this. I don't know if it was an auto reply or they waited until they had Mm -hmm. a thousand or two thousand or what have you. And uh, we're going to get back to you soon with our fundraising and what you can do and all of this. So he does not have an exodus of organizers who joined us. He does not have a single caucus member who joined him. He does not have many people who are raising their hand and saying, I'm with Max. But can he get these grassroots people who are who are poking up on social media and so forth to say, okay, I'll come along with you. He got, for, for argument's sake, he got 50% of the vote in the leadership. Now, that was not a cult of personality. They were not saying, we're part of the Maxine Bernier Club. They said, we want Max to be the conservative leader. So perhaps they were conservatives first, Bernier supporters second. But I'm going to wager out of those thousands of people, there were a few who will go wherever Max wants them to go. And all I'm saying is, let's see what sort of force he cobbles together on that. 
You know, Anthony, it's is this a problem for the conservative party? Because they have different tribes. They have, you know, some conservatives or social conservatives. We know there's all different factions, but they want to win and they want to get back into government. For those who follow Maxime Bernier, are there what are they getting out of this? Because this is, is really putting a stick in it for the next election. Oh, yeah. People who follow Maxime Bernier are getting the purity test. They would have to agree uh, with exactly what he said uh, he believed, that Andrew Scheer has kind of destroyed the Conservative Party or at least led it to be morally bankrupt and intellectually bankrupt. Those were his words. Arlene, I think they're pretty darn theatrical and they are an overreach. But I say purity test because particularly a lot of younger people who who are idealists. Idealism is usually a phrase used to describe mm-hmm. leftists, but it can be applied to conservatives mm-hmm. as well, who say, you know what, we want, we want industry Canada abolished because we hate that a single cent is going to Bombardier. And Maxine believes that. And I don't think it's just talk. I think if he, he was prime minister, I mean, that ship has sailed. That's not going to happen for him. But if he did become prime minister, he would just instantly mix all money going to Bombardier. And uh, there are a lot of purists out there who find that very attractive, particularly those younger people. So I, I, I don't know, and I would not be joining him on this endeavor, and no caucus member has. But uh, that's where this comes from. He is, uh, when he says, I'm in it for ideas, he's 100% committed to that idea, that idealism, even is it, if it shoots pragmatism in the foot. Which is, is, exactly it, is it the ideas, Anthony, because people are pointing within the party, it may just be pure human ego. Chris Alexander <laughs> joining us. And he said he could, you know, he, he talked about watching him on the election campaign for the leadership. And Michelle Rempel referenced it as well. Is this a loss he didn't get over? They're human beings. And interviewing Absolutely. politicians who lost elections is always amazing to me when I got inside their head after that they went moment by moment, day by day. And um, what a complete attack on their ego it was and he almost won so you can imagine a kind of an Al Gore situation we know Al Gore never got over that Anthony is that what it is you know you're saying he he believes in things or is he maybe finding things to believe in to boost his ego look look look, and that's I I knew we'd be talking about this at length so Mm -hmm. that was earlier I was giving you my more deep dive but the very the the very surface answer is yes obviously I mean you would not do this it's a big tent party there's room for libertarians I'm not a social conservative but I appreciate there's room for them and I would be able to play well with them and so forth of course there's room for absolutely everybody and of course there's sour grapes he's frustrated and he genuinely believes that dairy farmers uh, screwed it for him even though Anybody can join a party for whatever reason. So it's kind of a bizarre point that he's been making for a great deal of time. And I also think he's been in the party, let's remember, for a really long time. It's something like 14 years. And I guess he's just kind of figured, well, you know, whatever. I mean, I'm not going to be prime minister this next time around. So I don't know. So I'll cannibalize. Chapter in my life. Yeah, he's cannibalizing his own party. You know, I've spent a lot of time talking in the last 24 hours to conservatives about this. And some are ticked, some are shocked. Some are relieved, Anthony, saying it kind of gets Andrew Scheer off the hook because he was he, <laughs> he wanted rid of Bernier. He didn't want to have to fire him. They were going to have to you know pull him into a room 
room um, and get his loyalty, if I can use that phrase, and get him to play nice or roll him up on a carpet and stash him in the basement for a few days. And now they don't have to do it. Well, I, I, I want to address that. One thing I just want to go back to when you talked about mm-hmm. sour grapes, mm-hmm. this whole experience has given me a whole lot more respect for Christine Elliott. Yes, you're right. You will remember mm-hmm. that, again, for all intents and purposes, was close. 50% of the vote mm-hmm. uh, for the leadership, and she was initially fighting and talking about a legal challenge. What is she now? She's a cabinet minister in the Doug Ford government. She seemed the only time we hear from her is when she is performing her job effectively. I must say, hats off to her. I really respect that. It is true. And, you know, he just gave a major speech, of course, Andrew Shear, And exactly what you're just talking about, that story, maybe it's no accident that Peter McKay was up on stage. Remember, you know, the merging of the conservatives and the reform party. They have been here before. Peter McKay giving, you know, sacrificing for the good of the the good of the party and Andrew Scheer bringing it up. Do you think that this this feeling of unity is is there a sense that maybe this has even brought them closer together? Adversity sometimes does that. Yeah, because a lot of people are basically saying, well, we don't care that we're in slightly different parts of this big blue tent. We're all here together in this big family. The one thing, though, that I think is going to be a major challenge for Andrew Scheer moving forward, he doesn't have this obstruction. He doesn't have almost these excuses anymore, though, to say, well, I'm dealing with, you know, insider issues and it was always uh, Maxine. The problem with these issues that Bernie was bringing up, and I think this is what fueled him along so much, he is on the right side of the issues, and Andrew Scheer is, is on the right side of most of the issues, but Bernier was almost closer to what the grassroots felt than what Andrew Scheer felt. I've been speaking, as, mm-hmm. as I know you have as well, mm-hmm. to a number of prominent conservatives across the country, and what they're all saying to me, I mean, they're not going to say this when they're on the air, but they all say, I don't really have a single problem with Max on the issues and the policy issues. I just think he went about it the wrong way. He's been a jerk. There's personality issues. I get all of that. But they're inherently recognizing that Andrew clearly has some work to do on how he advocates for the issues. And now he's front and stage. There's no more Paul Martin guy nipping at his heels. He's got to do it. Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. Every year that we're in a deficit, we're borrowing money from my kids and from yours. Deficits today mean higher taxes tomorrow. It really is that simple. And not one of us, not a single one of us in this room would leave a credit card bill to those who come after us. Andrew Shear speaking to I would I would say the faithful in at the convention, but after Maxime Bernier, well, I mean, they all are certainly looking very faithful, and they're talking faithful, and it, they may be galvanized at this moment. He needed to knock it out of the park. He got a great review for his speech. We're going to continue with Counterpoint, and joining us, we have Anthony Fury is with us, who is the Sun Post media columnist and national comment editor. And now we have Jeremy Richler's also joining us, a Toronto barrister and solicitor commentator. Jeremy, welcome. How are you? 
Good. Good to be here. All right. I want to ask you, Anthony and I were just talking about the lay of the land after what has happened. Defections make headlines, and they also leave holes and sometimes stains. What is your impression of what has just happened to the Conservative Party? Well, I think it took everybody by surprise. I mean, clearly there were grumblings, and, uh, you know, it was certainly foreseeable that Max Bernier could... um, could bolt out of the party. Um, but I, I think the delegates, I think they're all doing a very good job of putting on a brave face. And by all accounts, you know, I heard snippets of the speech and, you know, mm-hmm. it sounds like it, it's gone, you know, as well as probably could for sure, <laughs> maybe, you know, it slightly exceeded expectations. But people have to be very, very nervous. I mean, this isn't good. I very much doubt we're dealing with what we had like 25 years ago when the Reform Party split off from the PCs. Um, I don't think he's going to be able to galvanize that number of people. You're not dealing with a regional grievance. But even if he siphons off three, four, five, six percent of the vote, even if it doesn't all come from the conservatives, even like he siphons four percent from the conservatives and two percent from other parties, I mean, that could have a detrimental impact uh, on his election prospects. And I think the and I don't say this only because I am a member of the Liberal Party, but clearly mm-hmm. the winner right now in all this is Justin Trudeau and the Liberals. Is that true, Anthony? I, you know, I imagine, you know, the liberals have been very, very careful. Their voices change. They say we're just concentrating on moving forward and the issues that affect Canada. And we know they're hammered. They are absolutely happy about this, Anthony. They are happy about it. But there was a strange thing that happened during the Patrick Brown drama that made it look like the Ontario PC party was going to completely destruct. Mm-hmm. And that was, I looked at everything and I thought, wow, wait a second. I, Kathleen Wynne isn't getting the bad headlines anymore, but everybody's talking about this opposition party that nobody's cared about before. And they actually could have never identified Patrick Brown or, or, or any of these guys on a map, on a police lineup. Now they can. Good and I point. Think Andrew, well, Andrew Shear, Arlene, would have identified pretty low, I think, in the just no ability index for regular Canadians who aren't plugged into politics. But now this is the thing everybody has to know about. Everybody has to pick a team. And they, who's Bernier and what's he saying? What's Andrew Shear saying? This may actually have the effect of, of making people get a bit curious about what this Shear guy is all about. It's true. Jeremy, let me ask you. You're going to speak from a liberal point of view. We know that, as you just said, they're the winners right now. They certainly hope so. But Anthony says it's not a done deal. Now, we have seen, we know Maxine Bernier did these tweets about diversity. It got everybody talking. The liberals moved in. And they're trying the tactic from the last election. Those conservatives. You know, some of them are the R word. Some of them don't want immigration and they're not for diversity. Is that really going to work this time? Because to be fair, they came out with an immigration plan and the conservatives, certainly under Andrew Scheer, are at this convention moving away from that criticism and pointing out their track record and saying the things that may make, as I like to say, that dog not able to hunt anymore. Well, I mean, I would agree that the one, you know, with, with Maxine Bernier out of the way, it might make it easier for Andrew Shearer to take a more 
inclusive message. But I, what I would say is that the issues with respect to immigration, I think it's galvanizing the respective bases, both in the Liberal Party and in the Conservative Party, meaning that, you know, the, the talk about uh, diversity and how diversity is a strength has really galvanized the Liberal base and opposition to Liberal plans on, on the asylum seekers, what are perceived to be the deficiencies, I think has helped the Conservatives. But what I think... Um, I, where I think the Liberals have had success, mm-hmm. even though, you know, there are accusations from the right of all the virtues, the alleged virtual signaling. I think the fact that you had Michelle Rempel the other day come out and say, we have a plan, you know, of course, mm-hmm. they berated the Liberal Party for their tactics. But that says to me that some of the attacks that the, level, the Liberals have been leveling, you know, uh, over general, generalized as they may be, have been effective. It's gotten the Conservatives, of course, they're going to say publicly, deny climate change, deny, excuse me, the carbon tax. And you're called the denier, ask questions about the, uh, the asylum seekers, and you're called a racist and how unfair it is. And I'm sure they are angry, but the fact that the conservatives are pivoting to a more moderate tone and a tone of substance and listening, I think shows that the liberal strategy has had some success as polarizing as the debate has been. Anthony, was that a mistake for Bernier? Let's face it, you just we just heard from Jeremy, Jeremy from a liberal point of view. Is it, is it, you know, Andrew McDougall, I think, said to me earlier, you can't win this fight with the liberals. They just should have left, left it alone and not allowed it to go that way. And that perhaps was one of the lasting effects of Maxine Bernier. I completely disagree. And actually, polling numbers show they showed before Bernier made his comments, and I guarantee you they're going to show afterwards, although maybe uh, those polls are going to be kiboshed by the likes of Angus Reid because Bernier isn't you know, calling the shots as much anymore in the official opposition party. But it shows that Canadians do want to have this conversation about integration and ghettoization. Well, and all yeah, but I mean, the labeling, you know, the, the, the prime minister and the liberals taking a, a slam at the conservatives for this. Arlene, they're only effective to people who aren't actually fully paying attention to the issue. You can throw around the racist term and then you see the little ticker when you're walking by the news thing on the sub and you go, oh, Andrew Shear's racist. Oh, okay, fine. But if you go and you look into it, I think most people who have these basic questions, well, well, hold on a second. I saw people are Mm -hmm. just walking across the border and I'm just a regular person or I'm an immigrant myself and I kind of wonder why they're walking across like that. So... So, yeah, I've got these questions. Racist, give me a break. It's not true. So it does not bear under scrutiny. All right, Jeremy, you know, as we listen to Anthony, and I got to tell you, as he's talking, I'm thinking of conversations I have had with people, and I just got back from the Maritimes, people who vote liberal, and they are talking about the asylum seekers. After a while, are the liberals maybe taking a risk with this strategy towards the conservatives? Well, like I said, I think it's been helping the bases. I think the bases of each party have been benefiting from the strategy they've used so far, but I think there is some recalibration taking place on both sides. I mean, for example, Justin Trudeau did shuffle the cabinet. You have Bill Blair now as, uh, as a minister in charge of, of this file, and Ralph Goodale's reiterating the biometrics mm-hmm. that are employed and the fact that people are being processed. So I think the Liberals are pivoting to say, listen, we have the situation, or, you know, the situation's under control. It's not a crisis. And I think now the Conservatives, I think people are willing to have the discussion. I think for political talking points, each side, certainly in the fundraising capacity, reaps the benefit when they, when they kind of, you know, uh, turn up the temperature and, and really kind of go at it. But I think it turns most Canadians off. And that's why I think this debate, probably it's a draw for each of the parties. I think 
the narrowing of the gap between the Liberals and the Conservatives has to deal with some of the issues that, you know, that the Liberal Party has had. They've been in power for three years. And, um, yeah, they have know, baggage the, now, an economic they, they, they baggage. They have baggage. But the thing is, the thing is, it's almost from a liberal perspective, you know, a, a pollster was, who had advised liberals was mm. telling me, you never want to go in, no party ever wants to go in too far ahead, because then there's complacency, and then you don't rally the troops. So and now oh, you I'm have, saying, yeah, now we have these polls, and they're so close, and you're saying that this is good for both sides. Jeremy yeah, Richler, thank you so much for joining us. Toronto barrister and solicitor, thank you, Jeremy. You're welcome. Anthony Fury, and thank you, Anthony Sun, Post Media columnist and national comment editor. You have a fantastic weekend, Anthony. Same to you, Arlene. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.